Well, here at the Vineyard, our mission, we just heard it, but we'll say it again, is to encounter the love of the Father, to experience transformation in Jesus, and then to go on from this place and extend the miraculous with Holy Spirit. And as the leadership team here, as we were praying, we felt like the Father so clearly said that we as a church family are in a season where we are going to be experiencing transformation. And I think in my own life, I think, man, there's a lot of things I know that could be transformed. There's a lot of things that could change. But I look at my life and I look at the preferred future, that thing that I want to go after, and I look at my current reality and I think, boy, is this possible? (laughs) Are we going to be able to get there, Lord? Because the truth is to go from here, this point of frustration, into complete freedom, something's got to change. Something's gotta change. That's what transformation is. It's change. And so this is the part where we go, yeah, that doesn't sound so good, right? I mean, I want that thing. I want the results that that thing's gonna bring, but man, I don't know if I wanna do what it's gonna take to get there. But we are in the season of understanding that God has something for us in the area of transformation. And he is longing to move us from a place of frustration into a place of freedom. And we wanna partner with him to do that. We trust that these sorts of transformations, they are possible with the presence of Holy Spirit. And so our anchor text for this series, we're gonna read this all together here. This is 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 through 18. It says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit, amen? We are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And we don't wanna live lives of frustration. We wanna live lives of freedom. In freedom, it means that we are living out every good thing that God has for us. It is his best plan made manifest in our lives. But for us to move from frustration to freedom, something's got to change. And so today we're gonna be talking about change, uh, both literally and figuratively. We are gonna be talking about living in freedom in a very specific area of our lives that most of us, if I dare to say it, have felt frustrated in at one point or another. What we're talking about today is an issue that affects 100% of the population. So your ears should be perking up because today is for you. Today we're gonna be talking about what it means to change our change, transforming our money. And we are gonna be exploring God's best plan for that transformation process and how he longs to move us from frustrated, say that five times fast, to free. So let's pray and we're gonna jump into the word. Holy Spirit, we love you. It's such a privilege to gather in your house today. And Father, we just invite you to be the good teacher that you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your house. And thank you, thank you for your presence. God, thanks for not leaving us alone in our frustration. Thanks for showing us the way forward. We welcome you to be the teacher today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, growing up, I was always afraid when it came to money. I was always feeling nervous about it, always feeling like there wasn't going to be enough. And that is because, can I be totally real? There wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I was raised in a family where after my parents got divorced, I ended up living with my then single mom, four kids, and we were raised on her uh, disability check and a little bit of child support along the way. And the truth is for four kids, it just wasn't enough. So when I think about money as a kid, I have deep feelings of fear. 
always worried that there wouldn't be what we need. Uh, I spent most of my childhood living on the generous assistance of others, like the generous assistant of the government. I lived in Section 8 apartments, which if you're not familiar with Section 8, it's just government subsidized. It's where they help you get a home. Thank you, Lord, for that beautiful place that we could live in. I lived with the generosity of others. People would always give us their hand-me-down clothes, the best days when they would bring these beautiful name brand clothes that we got to sift through, me and my sisters. It was wonderful. I ate, most of our food was out of food pantries and of course also using food stamps. And I'll just tell you, as a a young kid, the feelings that kind of come with that, if I'm being real, there's a lot of shame around those moments for me. I remember doing a lot of the grocery shopping because my mom was sick. And I remember going to the cash register and getting out my food stamps and praying to God that nobody in my class would be there. Like, don't let anybody see me. I was so worried. I felt so much fear around this. And there was shame because people gave you dirty looks. Just call it what it is. The cashier, the other people watching, it didn't come with like roses. It was pretty painful. So when I think of my growing up experience with money, I know that I was really frustrated when it came to money. And I had this idea that handling money would always be hard because the feelings that I thought about with money, it was frustration, it was anxiety, it was fear. All of those feelings, I just thought that's just what it is like to handle money. But I've come to find out that it's not in fact true. And I'm gonna share a little bit about that with you today. I don't know... um, where you're at financially right now. I think we're talking to a myriad of people, so I don't know where your finances currently are, but I believe there are some of you here today who really need a financial breakthrough. I think there are some of you here today who are struggling and you're wondering, is there ever going to be a different way to do this? Is it ever gonna get any better? I think there's also some of you here today where your day-to-day finances are great. But when you think about the future, when you think about paying for your kid's college or retirement, you start to feel a little bit of fear rise up. I would just say, if you are experiencing any of those feelings, feelings of fear, worry, anxiety, anything when it comes to money, the Father has something to share with you today. He wants to share a revelation of his goodness and his best plan with you today because those feelings are not God's best when it comes to finances. It's not what we were made to live with. And here's what I want you to know too, you're you're not alone in any of this. Look to the left, look to the right. We're all out here trying to figure out how to handle our money in a way that honors and pleases the Lord. Not living in fear, but living in freedom. And thankfully, the Lord knew that this issue of money was gonna be something that we all deal with. And so he said, hey, I'm gonna hook you up with a lot of great wisdom in this book. Do you know that in the scriptures, there's about 500 verses on prayer and about 500 verses about faith. But do you know how many verses there are about money and possessions? Over 2,000. This is just wild, right? He's like, hey, you guys need to get this, right? Uh, Jesus's parables, 11 of the 39 have to do with money and possessions. It's like this issue of money really impacts us and it's for a deeper reason than you think, which we are gonna explore today. But as we dig into the scripture, the first thing we have to understand when it comes to finance in the kingdom of God is this. God is the owner, we are the steward. God is the owner, we are the steward. Simply put, that means everything everywhere belongs to the Lord. And he has simply let us take good care of it. Isn't that kind? He is the owner and everything in it. We read it in Psalm 24. Let's, let's look at this together. Verse one, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. God is the owner. We 
are the stewards. Now we can kind of understand this principle of ownership versus stewardship when I think about my kids. Now I have three kids. They are 13, it changes too much, 13, 11, and eight, almost nine. Okay, so I have three kids. And when I think about ownership, I think I have a picture of them just so you can visualize. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, aw. <laughs> One of them's in here, that's why. Okay. When it comes to stewardship, here's the thing. I love when I hear this phrase from my kids, and by love, I mean hate. Get out of my room. Right, you've heard this from your kids? Get out of my room. And I think, boy, I'm sorry, what? Whose room? I'm sorry, what is this now? He said, yeah, get out of my, um, no, no, no. You are mistaken. Your father and I, we own this house. We pay the mortgage. That room belongs to us. Now, we have generously shared with you and we've allowed you to steward this space, which is not, it's not always great. You do pretty good, but the water bottles, man, the water bottles, I can take those downstairs. Help, Lord. I am the owner of that room. He is the steward. Do you see the difference? And on a grander scale, when we think about our finances or anything at all that we own, our bank accounts, our homes, our cars, everything is the Lord's. It all belongs to him. And he has simply said, hey, you get to take care of this piece. You get to be the steward. Now, is this challenging for us? Yeah, especially if you've been raised in the United States, if you've been born and raised in America, this kind of goes countercultural with everything that we've been taught. Because everyone says, American dream, go get it. Work hard, build the house, own, own the business, do, 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 own stuff. And I'm truly not opposed to owning anything. I think it's great. Go build, go, go do it. Here's the problem. If you are building unto yourself or as, look what I did, you've missed it. It all belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so our privilege is to partner with him and build with King Jesus. And I'm telling you what a beautiful way to live our lives, not to build unto ourselves, but to build with the King of Kings. When we submit our finances to the Lord, and that means all of it, our stuff too, we are acknowledging God's presence and provision in our lives. And that means that everything that we've accumulated has been given to us by the Father. He's been so generous with us. And that's a great way to frame our stewardship, knowing that he is the owner and we are the steward. And why this revelation, and it is a revelation, I wanna say this. The, again, the world doesn't say that. They're just like, you did it, you, way to go. We're saying, way to go, in partnership with Holy Spirit. He is your partner. But the reason this is a revelation is because if we live our lives believing we are the owners, we will live financially frustrated. If we believe we are the owners, we will live in financial frustration. And that is because of this. We will live with a weight of responsibility that we were never designed to carry. We will live with a weight of responsibility we weren't designed to carry. When we're the owners, we take too much credit for, look at, look at me, look at all this stuff that I'm doing. And we also take too much pressure in regard to the weight of ownership. We walk with a burden. Think about the difference between renting something and owning something. How many of you have rented something before? You've rented a car, an Airbnb, you've rented something. Some of you aren't raising your hand, but I think you have. Yep, okay. Currently right now, in my family, we are renting beginner band equipment. Why might we do that versus like, yeah, you know, beginner band. I said what I said. So I've got a kid right now who's learning percussion. 
And let me tell you, it comes with this huge bell kit. It's like bigger than she is. Every time I see her schlep that thing on the bus and like kind of gets knocked around, I think, thank God I don't own this. Like the weight of pressure that I feel in this moment is so slim because I am not ultimate. I mean, I want to take care of it. Don't hear me say that. But ultimately, I don't own that sucker. After this dies out, which it may not, maybe it'll keep going, but the trombone was a short-lived moment, thank the Lord. In these moments, I think... I'm so glad I'm not the owner. If something breaks or goes wrong, I just call up the music shop and they take care of it. Isn't that great? That's the difference between owning versus stewarding. And we were never created to carry the weight of ownership. If we want to live in freedom, we must understand that we are stewards. And the good news is when we recognize that God is the owner, we say, you got this. God, you you own the earth and everything in this. Can't wait to see how you're gonna pull this off. You're in charge. Love you, Lord. Thanks, God. I trust you. You are the owner. I am the steward. But to walk in this revelation, to understand this fully, we truly need to renew our minds. And this is found, of course, in Romans 12 too. You know this scripture well. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by Oh, wait, what is that? Like changing, changing what your behavior is. No, that's not what it says. Changing the way you think. Isn't this wild? It all starts right here. Changing the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It all starts in the mind. So Paul is inviting believers everywhere. He's saying, hey, 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 if you're gonna keep on doing this, something's gotta change and it starts in your mind. It starts right here. We have to recognize that we are the steward and not the owner. And if we are trying to carry the burden of ownership, and you'll hear it in your language, that's mine, that belongs to me. That's you trying to live as an owner. You will end up frustrated. So let's do a little check-in. I guess feeling, how you feeling about money? I feeling about this moment? People love to talk about money in the church, so I know, I feel it, but it's going well, right? Yeah, you good? Okay, all right. How do you feel when it comes to money? What feelings come to mind? Are you thinking about that hospital bill that you can't pay? Are you feeling a little nervous about an upcoming business deal? Are you feeling uh, afraid that you won't be able to pay your tuition this semester? If any of those feelings come up that are anxiety, worry, fear, frustration, there's an opportunity for upgrade today. There's an opportunity to renew your mind to the truth that the Lord owns the earth and everything in it. And if we're not called to hold on to that, if we're called to live with open hands, then we're saying, God, I trust that you're gonna make a way. I don't know how you're gonna do it. This will be fun. But Lord, you are the owner and I am the steward. Now we get to this point and everyone's like, this sounds good on paper. <laughs> like you're, this is great. Like, let's just change our mind and all of our financial troubles will disappear. And I'm saying it starts there. It doesn't end there. We're gonna get to some other really practical things in a moment. But I do want you to know that in practice, it looks like partnership. It looks like partnership with Holy Spirit. So years ago, many years ago, I was a student at the University of Illinois. Um, I was the first person in my family to go to college. I was super excited just to get my life changed. I wanted something better. And sophomore year, it was about this time because it was midterm time. Fun, 
I broke out in hives head to toe. So that was great. I called my mom. I'm like, mom, I got the hives. And she's like, you need to go to the ER. So I went to Carl Hospital. I went to the emergency room and we're sitting there and they're checking me out. You know, you see the little wall of pain, right? With the smiley faces, zero to 10. What's your, what's your pain? I'm like, oh, six, maybe seven. Like I'm doing fine. I'm not dead, but man, I could use some medicine because the hives. So sure enough, they're so kind to me. They fix me up. They give me a shot. Hives go away. Praise Jesus. Everything's well and good until about three weeks later, I get, an, I get a letter in the mail from Carl. They had the audacity to charge me for that visit. You guys, $1,000 for this hive treatment, I think is made of gold. Like what is in that shot you gave me? I do not know, but here's what I do know. I don't have $1,000. I'm 19, man. I, I do have a job. I work really, really hard, but I do not have $1,000. And if you've ever been in this place where you're like, God, how? How am I gonna do this? The weight of financial frustration can crush you. But the father says, trust me, there is a way forward. He owns the earth and everything in it. So in partnership with Holy Spirit, he says, here's what I want you to do, Leah. I want you to write Carl a letter. I'm like, what now? Write a letter? Okay. So I get out a pen and paper. Dear Carl. Something like this. It's been a few decades. Something like this. Thanks for the treatment. Doing much better. Hives are gone. Woo. Uh, here's the problem. I'm a broke college kid and I don't have a thousand dollars. Help. Please advise blessings cordially. Yeah, something like that. Mailed it off. Okay, Holy Spirit, I did what you asked. Wouldn't you know that because the Lord is the owner and I am the steward, Carl wrote back and they said, no problem. Bill absolved. They just took away my thousand dollar bill because the Lord moved because that's how the Lord moves. I could have, I could have been an, an owner and said, no, I got this bill. I'm gonna figure out a way. Listen, I can't, I'm not designed to carry the weight of ownership. It's too much. And so I get to say, Holy Spirit, you have got to move. And I'm telling you, sometimes God's provision, it comes in this way. It comes in these supernatural, crazy ways. I have story after story after story of supernatural provision. It is incredible. But I also want you to know that God provides in so many ways, including in the form of a bill that will never be. What do I mean? Start giving credit where credit's due. You get in your car and it just works. The Lord has provided for you. You end up not going to the convenient care this fall. You're the only one probably, but yeah, the Lord has provided for you. We have to acknowledge his provision that comes in so many different ways. Sometimes he helps us pay a bill. Sometimes he keeps those bills from ever being. Isn't he good? He's so faithful. The Lord owns the earth and everything in it. And I want to say this too. When it comes to the provision of God and living as an owner or a steward, uh, well, we're going to do a little activity. So put your hands out. I only got the one, so go with it. Open your hand. Close your hand. Open it. Close. Your workout is done. Congratulations. No, I'm kidding. All right. This is a great visual for what we do. If we want to live as an owner, and we grab onto what we have. We say, this is mine. I tell you this, that's all you'll ever have. What you can hold on to. When we live with open hands, we come up, become a pass-through of generosity where the father says, man, with that open hand, with that open life, I can do so much through you. It's not just in finances. It's in every part of your life that when you, when you say, nope, this is it, then that's it. 
but you can in turn open your life, open your hands and see what God wants to do through you. He owns the earth and everything in it, which means it is limitless. Isn't that exciting? And it's not just about making your pockets bigger. It's about becoming a sieve for generosity to the world that so badly needs it. He chooses us, his church, to do this. And so if we could begin to understand these principles for generosity and stewardship, the world might be changed. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I want to talk about this issue of stewardship because I think that's a word we don't use quite frequently all the time. If we're not the owners and we are called to be stewards, what does that really mean? How do we live out healthy stewardship? We're going to look here in Luke 16. It says this, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? What Jesus is explaining here in Luke 16 is that how we handle our money and our stuff is all about trust. Everyone say trust. It's all about trust. We think it's about money. It's not. It's all about trust. And he's showing us that our attitude towards money and possessions and how we manage those things become the foundation that sets the stage for every other aspect of our spiritual lives. And I stand by this. We think that money is just this natural thing. Oh, it's just something we all deal with. No, it is so supernatural because how we handle our money reveals that deeper spiritual issue of trust. It's not just about money. And there are two questions that we're gonna talk about when it comes to trust and finances. And it's these two questions. We'd say it's like two sides of the same coin. The first question is, can I trust God? Can I trust him? Is he who he says he is? Is this stuff in the Bible? Is this real? Is this gonna work? Can I trust God? And the second side is, can God trust me? Ooh, that's rough. We're gonna talk a little bit about what this looks like in our lives. But understanding this is so important that it's trust. I think so many of us would say, of course I trust God. Can I trust him? Sure. Yeah, I trust God. And yet he's given us this, this plethora of great wisdom. And we say, yeah, I trust him. I just don't wanna do what he says. How's that going for you? We didn't write this, right? We just, we follow it. We trust him. When we obey, we follow his good plans. There's a way out of this mess. That's what I want you to understand today. There's a way out. And it is by living out both sides of the coin, answering those questions, can I trust God and can God trust me? This side of the coin, it's all about living generously and giving generously. If we're answering the question, can I trust God? It's saying, do I give to God what scripture says is already his? We, we talk about this every single Sunday and it's not to bore you, it's to help you live completely financially free. Understanding this, this is the foundation of our relationship with Jesus. When we say first, I trust you and the tangible way I declare this is by giving my tithe to you. Now the tithe is the first 10% of our income given back to God through the local church. That little word tithe, it means one-tenth or 10%. Again, we didn't make this up. This is just found in the scripture. But we start by giving the first 10% because this is an act of faith. It has very little to do with your money and so much to do with trust. It's all about faith in him. Isn't it interesting? He asked for the first 10% and not the last. 
right? You get to the end of the month, you're like, oh, I've, look, I got a little left. I'm gonna throw some change at the Lord. And he says, thank you. I mean, any gift unto the Lord, thank you for honoring him. He loves your gifts. Hear me say that. But I'm telling you, without giving the first 10%, you're just, you're, you're just given. The tithe is the first 10% and it's given as an act of faith because we're saying, man, I'm not totally sure how this is all gonna work out. I give you the first 10% because I declare in faith, God, I trust you. I'm not putting my trust in my money. I don't know how it's all gonna work out, but Father, you own the earth and everything in it. Can't wait to see how you're gonna come through, right? That's what it means to give the first 10% and not the last. Let me say this too, just because this is where the enemy loves to start creeping in. When we talk about tithing, we talk about money and the feelings I felt as a kid, shame, 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 and I'm just gonna say it. There is no shame in the name of Jesus. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. There is an invitation. And it would be wrong if I didn't present the invitation to you to say there's a way forward that will bring you freedom in this area of finances. God's good plan lends itself to freedom. And when you're living financially frustrated, you are living in bondage. The invitation is start new, start fresh. Today is the day the Lord has made. Give unto the Lord what scripture says is already his, that first 10% to God through the local church. Here's the best part about this. This, this command, this invitation, it comes with a promise. There's a promise of provision found in 2 Corinthians 9, verse eight, and it says this, God will generously, this is as you give cheerfully, God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Because I can't imagine a better way to live my life, truly, that I would have every need met and stuff to share. Sign me up. This is the promise of provision as we trust the Lord. Is giving a journey? Yes. Do we have to keep learning? Yes. When I got married, um, me and my husband, well, we were children, so I don't know who let us do that. We were 21 and 22. And when we got married, I had had a radical encounter with the Lord regarding tithing. And I'll tell you that story another time. But my life was totally changed. And so when we got married, I'm like, babe, we are tithers. We give first. I will never go back. He says, okay. But what we didn't have was a budget. And so we had to learn how to live within our means. And we had to learn how to trust God first. My husband was raised in a family where they were plenty well off, but they just didn't talk about money. And their whole plan was don't spend that's just, that's the plan. I'm like, that, that's not gonna work for me because we have to actually know, like we buy things and food and rent and things. So we needed a real plan. But the way that God revealed his goodness to my husband, Ben, when we were practicing this, I was a waitress after I graduated from the U of I. So great college investment. Um, and, but my husband had a fifth year, so we were just finishing up. Anyway, so we, we were broke. Let me just tell you, broke. I'm a waitress, he's a student, we got nothing. Ben learned how to follow the favor of God by practicing giving to the Lord. I wanna read the scripture that totally changed his life. This is found in Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes, that's the first 10% of your income, back to God through the local church. That's the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. This makes me, it like totally grips my heart because you guys, this was, when you, <clears throat> when you have nothing and you know that you're gonna need the Lord to break through, when he says this to us, we says, try it, test me, 
Test me in this and see if I won't be faithful. I will open up the windows of heaven for you. Why? I own the earth and everything in it. And so the way we practice testing the Lord in this, because it's available to you too, you can do this. I would come home from waitressing and I got wads of cash, you know, because I'm a pretty good waitress actually. And I come home with all my tips and we had these three little jars, give, save, live. And so we would give the first 10% unto the Lord. We would save 20% for tomorrow and we would live on the rest. And honestly, wasn't much. Wasn't much. I got story after story about how God provides and helps us through those trying times. But I will tell you this, Ben read this verse. He's like, I'm trying this. He didn't tell me either, just so you know. I'd come home and I'd show him my money. He would put more money in the give bucket and without fail, the next shift, I'd have like a banger night. I'm like, babe, you wouldn't believe it. He's like, I actually do believe it. Like I can't, I, I mean, God says, test me in this and see if I won't be faithful. He did it time and time and time again. And either I got really good at waitressing or the father was providing. And I'm telling you, it was the father's provision. Now it was in partnership, right? In partnership with him that we got to see the Lord open the windows of heaven and pour out every good blessing, but it all was based in the plan. We had to partner with him. And I wanna say this, we want to be able to declare in faith, we trust you by giving, but there's a second side of this coin that we have to give attention to. This side of the coin, this side is give generously. This side is invest intentionally. And I wanna be really honest. There are times people are like, well, I'm tithing, I'm giving, and I'm still broke, help me. I'm like, oh, 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 how about that second side of the coin? It answers the question, can God trust me? That means what are you doing with the 90% that he's given you? You have to be a wise steward. The Holy Spirit wants to come in. He wants to help you. He wants to partner with you. He wants to help you create a budget. I know my favorite B word, budget. Get excited. Look, this is the part where everyone's like, don't tell me how to spend my money. And I say, I'm not doing your budget. You're gonna do your budget with Holy Spirit. There's so much freedom when it comes to stewarding the 90%. The Lord's not telling you exactly. Look, you can, you can make categories for anything that you want. But if you somehow think that you're just gonna wing it, Financially, I'm telling you this, you cannot honor the Lord because he asked for the first 10%. How do you know that you're giving the first 10% if you don't know your numbers? I'm not trying to be mean. I just, this is like the real, this is just like math. If you do not record what is coming in and what is going out, you will never know if you are truly honoring the Lord with your finances. And some of you, you get to a place financially, you're like, I don't need to do that. I got, I got plenty. Yes, you do. There's a challenge to you today. Honor the Lord with your giving and record how you're spending your money. This is the part where everyone like gets real excited, like, yay, this is boring. So instead, I have a free e-course that my husband and I wrote that we will help you with these things. I won't take you through it today, but truly, we wanna help you learn how to track your spending, how to create a spending journal, how to create a budget, how to live within God's best plan for your finances. We don't want you to be alone in this. We wanna help you. We truly do. And so there's an invitation today to get back on track financially, honor the Lord with your giving, and then live as a wise steward with the 90%. Again, we're answering those questions. Can I trust God by giving generously? And can God trust me? Can he trust me with, he's given, with what he has given me? We wanna be people where the Lord says, you're faithful and little, watch what I do with much. We wanna live with really open hands and we wanna trust him. And I'm telling you, there's always more. I, I can't believe, there are so many times I'm like, God, how, how did I get here? 
And he's like, Leah, I own the earth and everything in it. Faithful steward, there's more. Faithful steward, and it's not for us. I don't think I've done anything other than follow God's good plan for finances. And I'm telling you, I'm not the only one. So many of you have lived this out year in, year out for decades. You have seen the faithfulness of God. And I wanna end today by sharing a story, a testimony of someone in our church, longtime church members, and they have been following God so faithfully in their finances for so many years. So here's his testimony. He says this, My wife and I started our giving journey right after we got married. We had both just graduated from college, so we didn't have much. But we knew if we honored God with what we did have, we would always have enough. That's that 2 Corinthians 9 promise. He says, as time passed, our budget loosened up and we felt led to trust God in giving generously above and beyond our tithe. So anything given above the 10%, we would call that an offering. And God can do crazy awesome things with offerings. Um, He said, the company I worked for had gone bankrupt and I was made the CEO. We told God if we ever got a bonus, we would split it with him. That seemed like a pretty safe promise since there was no way the company was ever gonna be profitable enough to afford bonuses. Hi, Faith. (laughs) Said it took a few years but God touched the company supernaturally and we started writing some big checks to the Lord. Time passed and we were given the chance to buy the company. We went hopelessly in debt to buy it, but once again, promised the Lord, if you bless this, we will honor you with its profits because he was co-creating with the father. He said, now 20 years later, we are not only debt-free, but we have bought other companies along the way. Several years ago, Leah preached a message on giving and we felt convicted that we had not completely honored the deal we had made with God. So as crazy as it seemed, we have honored that deal with him ever since. We've been able to steward funds to many kingdom organizations and even start a foundation that also supports kingdom work. We have learned over the past 30 years that partnering with God and being a steward of his stuff is much more fulfilling than merely being a consumer of it. Amen. Would you stand if you are able? Father, I thank you that you don't leave us in our frustration, but God, you've come to set us free. And so right now in our heart of hearts where we need to soften or even in our minds where we need to transform the way we think, God, we are asking you to transform it. Holy Spirit, show us what we don't see. We wanna see what you see, especially when it comes to our finances. So I pray that today there's conviction, but also revelation. God, that you are the owner and we are the steward and what a privilege it is to partner with you. God, we declare today, we trust you. We trust you, we trust you. You are faithful and you provide for every need that we have. And so Father, thank you for your good plan for finances and thank you for freedom. We love you so much, amen.